0: We'll give Maybe it. A, was on his end.
1: Let's give it a start and see what happens.
0: Sure, works for me.
1: Take it away, gang.
0: We have to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, well, I
2: guess we'll try. Yeah.
3: What? Don't be all doing the,
2: doing the like, intro? I guess we're starting. Oh, okay, sick. What episode is this? Episode uh, one.
3: of
0: the is, is this <laughs> numbered? Are we numbering this? You I don't, don't think so. This is gonna be a one-off. Maybe. We'll so see how right, long that I don't. Goes. I don't think it feels right as part of the canon, considering we have a guest. Or I. Sh- it's weird because you're recording all of this. So are we the guests?
1: We're all guests here, and we're all hosts yeah. Well,
0: I guess that's that then. So this is Nosebleeds Podcast meets the Montreal Bias, which is very exciting. It's
3: yeah, real this crossover. has been
0: a long time coming.
1: It's like when is it CBS who has the Chicago shows and they run all three of them on the same night. We're kind of doing that kind of thing here.
0: Yeah, pretty much. It's, yeah. This is nosebleeds, uh, Montreal, Bias, PD, Fire Department, CSI,
2: Miami. Right. That's exactly it.
3: I, I was gonna go for the um, the Rugrats meets Wild Thornberries movie. Oh, that's
2: going too. Yeah, a crossover. arguably that's... the most ambitious crossover of our generation.
3: <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Completely.
2: I
1: missed that one. I was a little old for that, I got to say. <laughs> in my day, they did, in the late 80s, early 90s, when I was like five years old, they did uh-huh. a Ninja Turtles, Bugs Bunny, like Looney Tunes. I don't think the Ghostbusters were involved. Every, like every cartoon on TV did this big anti-drug uh like half-hour thing they showed in every school. I think it was like probably a Barbara Bush deal. Uh, scared the shit out of everyone. Um, kept me off drugs for quite a while, and then, uh, good job. Well, well, for a while, and then. But yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was the
0: ambitious. <laughs>
1: that me. was the ambitious <laughs> crossover of my time. It was every single cartoon.
3: Ambitious.
1: Yeah, it was good stuff. But this, this is this is the next level right here.
3: Surely. Yeah.
0: Uh, so what brings us together is the trade deadline for, for whatever it was. It, it didn't seem all that exciting from a, a name's perspective. No. But Trevor, you just before the before we got on the phone, you, you read off a, a statistic.
2: According to the NHL, they said there's 32 trades made today. That was the most on deadline day, at least since 1979 and 1980. So 32 trades isn't. I mean, that's pretty good.
3: So almost since the great. Uh, Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters That's cartoon correct. crossover.
1: Again, I don't think <laughs>
0: Ghostbusters was part of it, but <laughs> yeah, uh, see, it's, yeah I mean, it's, it's fair enough. But it, it, I mean, and there were some, there were some names that moved around, but I feel like every year the hype outweighs what the day actually is.
3: Yeah, it's
0: mostly guys trying to make shrewd business moves. It's not like uh, I saw a trade from the 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 90s between Tampa and Philadelphia that landed Philadelphia four first round picks two of Jesus. them became Justin Williams and I can't remember, Simon Gagné yeah so we don't see those anymore yeah. but I feel like we all want those fireworks and we're never going to get them ever again
1: I mean, so the day is at
0: a is at a minus from the start
1: we saw some epic names moved today or in the lead up to today as well if this was 8 years ago like some of right. the biggest, most exciting names on like Mike Green, Ilya Kovalchuk. If this is twenty twelve, that's a hell of a deadline.
0: Right? David oh, yeah. David Backus moved to Anaheim. There you go. There's a huge 2012. <laughs> Patrick Marleau move. Yeah, <laughs> move. It's true. My NHL 2017 is on fire right
2: now. <laughs> For me, the best trades are the ones that like you don't even hear all the rumors about. Like it's boring when you hear about a guy like for weeks, like oh he's gonna get traded, gonna get traded, and then he does, and it's like okay, yeah. I we thought that was gonna happen, and it did. It was like
0: mm-hmm. what happened with Matt Duchene when he was in Ottawa, and he was mm-hmm. gonna, or when he was in Colorado, rather, and he was tr- essentially traded every day for two years. Yeah, and then he right. did get traded mid-game, and we we're like, oh okay, it's over now. Now what do we do? <laughs> yeah, we can't. We you know TSN can't pump Matt Duchene rumors for the next month. They right. have to actually do other stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, so the names were there. Um, I don't know what, what level of interest there is in going through each individual trade because a lot of them are draft picks that won't be made for two more years or players we've never heard of. Um, but, I mean, going through some winners and losers, would, I think, would be, would be something that's a fun little thought exercise. Before
1: yeah. we dive into um, that, I, I did want to ask you guys, you nosebleeders, what what do you think was the biggest, like the most important move of the day?
2: That's a good one. Uh, Did you hear about the Prudential Center trading their printer? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Guess I missed oh, that one. Uh,
2: yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I think
0: part part of me wants to say it's it's Vincent Trocheck going from Florida to Carolina just because. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got real top six center potential if he hasn't already met that. I mean, he's playing behind Ale- – he was playing behind Alex Barkov in Florida. So that's, to me, at least screams largest potential to, to blow up. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to be playing behind former greatest Montreal Canadiens Sebastian Ajo
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, in Carolina. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you could – I think you could take any of the trades Carolina made today and say they were the biggest trade of the day. They got yeah. Sammy Vatanen. Another defenseman. They got Brady Shea. Yeah. They they yeah. did they did particularly well. Every single one of their trades, it seemed like they were swinging for the fences.
3: Yeah. What about you it.
0: guys?
2: I like Kovalchuk going to Capitals a lot.
3: Yeah. I think he shall. could be
2: like another another good shooter on that team. I mean, they obviously have a lot of people that are good at setting him up, and I think he you know adds some good depth on Yeah.
3: Especially if he's with Ovi.
0: Yeah, that that's, would be... I think, like, from from great. mass appeal, that's my favorite trade of yeah. the last 48 hours is mm. you've got Ovechkin and, and Kovalchuk on the same team, potentially They're on the same. same power play unit. That's almost unfair.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm. Um, but, I mean, Kovalchuk obviously isn't what he was, but it's still fun. They like each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: I did see a couple of tweets floating around. Like, imagine if this was Couple Chuck in 2012. <laughs> right,
0: it goes back to that idea that, like, th- if this was 10 years ago, this this, yeah. this would be the greatest trade deadline ever. But I yeah. guess that's just a sign of how old we're getting.
1: <laughs> Tell me about it.
0: What about yours? What was your biggest trade of the day?
1: Yeah, I thought the one that that could have some impact there is kind of. I mean, it's not a small name, but I thought Leonard moving to Vegas was interesting.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it, I, agree. I don't know.
1: I don't know biggest impact. The the trade that captured my imagination the most. I was like, okay, what's going on here? That was just you didn't see it coming necessarily. It doesn't make on paper, I guess it doesn't make all the sense in the world. But I, I think that's a it tells us a lot about what Vegas feels they have in flower right now, right? Like that's an interesting move for them to to give up assets for that. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. It, that one was the one that I I, I thought just got me percolating
2: the most about like what is this
3: yeah and they did i mean they didn't give up a
2: ton for him. no suban went back the other way Uh and toronto got involved
0: they essentially paid two and a half million dollars for a fifth round pick essentially that's what they did they retained so that they could make the salary work Mm -hmm. um but i think you're right i think i think All of this has to do with the health of Marc-Andre Fleury down the stretch. Mm. The two years in a row that Pittsburgh won the Cup, he couldn't stay healthy throughout Mm. the entirety of it. And that's why he lost his job, ultimately. So I wonder, I mean, Leonard's not going to make a threat to the the starting role in Mm. in Vegas unless something happens to Fleury. But that's not a very difficult unless to achieve. It's happened. We've seen it happen.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, obviously, hoping Flurry stays healthy. He's super fun to watch, especially in the playoffs. But yeah, it's a good insurance move for for Vegas.
3: Is Leonard content being a backup? That's a question. So. Exactly.
0: He's a UFA at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, he gets to go on a team that maybe has a chance. But I, yeah, that Kristen said that's the big thing that I found strange. Is like, doesn't this guy hasn't this guy earned a starting role somewhere at this point? And here he is. He's getting moved. Today, the expectation would maybe he gets to take over, but no, he's he's just behind. I mean, like you say, he's a free agent at the end of the year, but it was interesting from all angles, that one. I really didn't see... I didn't see that coming, I guess.
0: Yeah. So maybe the answer to this one is is similar for you, but I I have a different answer. The the move of the day that made the least amount of sense to you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, the one for me that jumps off the page is Wayne Simmons to Buffalo. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I have. (laughs) Um, the, the one part in my brain that said, okay, that kind of makes sense is the only, there's two teams that Buffalo has to jump to get into a playoff spot. It's Toronto and it's Florida. Mm -hmm. And they both seem to just be completely imploding at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Jason bottle thinks they can get in, but, I'm not buying it I don't like their Goaltending I don't like anything Out of Buffalo Really other than Jack Eichel Mm.
1: Yeah No it doesn't make Any sense at all And That when it came across I looked up Buffalo in the standings again. I was like Did I miss something Are they on a a Hot streak That I had no idea about And No they're tied With Montreal Uh, It's I look, I love Wayne Simmons, and had we done it, I probably would have been okay with it, even, but I would have been realistic that this is a pretty stupid move. And for Buffalo, yeah. who's been spinning their tires for him, I don't know. I don't know what this does. I, I like what you said, though, it, it is interesting that Toronto and Florida don't seem to want to grab that spot. Like You look at a team like the Habs now, and you think, geez, if they just had gone out and got a, a reliable backup, maybe they're right in this thing because nobody does want that third spot in the Atlantic for whatever reason.
0: If I mean, I, we can. I've been harping on the Canadians all season, <laughs> but oh, have you? If they, <laughs> yeah, if they if they took two losses from their from each of their eight game losing streaks and they turned them into wins, they're in a playoff spot. Yeah, like if they had won, stop the bleeding. Stop the bleeding. Yeah. Their home records garbage. Like they they only have themselves to blame. And I want to get into Mark Bergevin and everything he said after the fact because I it's been. I have a half hour commute home from work and it's all I thought about. And then I just came home and exploded for a little bit. Yeah,
3: that was fun.
0: But like, (laughs) I I just, I don't understand. Like they, they only have themselves to blame. I know there's injuries and and everyone deals with injuries. Look at Pittsburgh. They added today, they've been injured all year and they're still, they're battling Washington for first in the division. Yeah. So, you know, I I don't like to blame injuries anymore. I mean, it's like, it's a convenient uh, excuse, but to what extent does that, does that actually keep you from getting into the playoffs? Yeah.
1: No, the only thing it's that terrible. does for you is keep your job. If you're Mark Bergevin, it's a nice excuse.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I think I think, and I think it's Habs laughs. He's he's he made this point and and ha- continues to make this point that Bergevin isn't GMing for lack of a better term to win a Stanley Cup. He's GMing to keep his job. Um, You've already lost at that point, I mean, right? Like yeah. you're you're working from yeah. a from a, a net loss from the beginning. Mm. Like you, you, we've got a guy who's in there for his own interest right now, yeah, to try to keep himself in that position.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's very strange, mm-hmm. but I suppose we can get into that later when we talk about the losers of the trade deadline. <laughs> uh, excuse me. I like um I like a lot of what Edmonton did today. Like mm-hmm. You brought up Mike Green earlier. Um, I really love them grabbing. Andreas mm-hmm. Um Just, I mean, he's kind of still a bonehead in the sense that I think the attitude problems are a little bit more reality than, than,
2: than oh. fiction.
0: He'll fit right in then. Yeah. <laughs> <fit right> in. <laughs> um, but, I mean, he can play at full speed. There's not a lot of guys in the league that can. Um, he played with Dylan Larkin. He's going to fit in well next to a guy in McDavid who plays at a speed that no one else can find comprehensible. Yeah. Um, I like that move a lot. They got Tyler Ennis, too. He's a sneaky little third-line option, I yeah. think.
3: Yeah.
0: Like, Yeah, another fast guy who could probably put the puck in the net and play some penalty killing. I like what Edmonton did. I think they're trying to make the playoffs, which is very strange considering yeah. the beginning of the year, I didn't think they were going to be. Yeah. For sure.
1: I like what the Islanders did. I mean, that's a lot to give up for Peugeot, but once you've locked him down, that's not so bad. Um, you know, I was I was really enjoying toronto fans going nuts because Lamorella was doing the kind of things i think they wanted to see from their gm um so that was i i I like what the islanders did i think they they've buoyed themselves a little bit i don't think it'll be a difference maker the only difference i think you're right though edmonton's the one team that may have done something that might have changed their chemistry a little bit enough to make a difference for them everybody else it's you know everyone was playing to fill a hole here or there but i don't know any anyone else necessarily separated not separate themselves that's that's too much but anybody else kind of changed who they were edmonton might have a little bit a little bit
2: yeah Mm -hmm. i i wanted to see i went to the islanders subreddit to see like just trades and stuff they've made their top post for the day was a highlight reel of pajot scoring against the rangers in (laughs) this See so, that's like, that's interesting. Right in rent space.
1: I find yeah. that very interesting. I did not know he had a goal in the NHL against another team besides Montreal. So that's an interesting yeah, to see. Yeah, that's am cool.
2: So glad he's out of the division. <laughs> Goddamn! I think one game versus the Rangers in that, that playoff series where we lost to Ottawa. Four. That's cute. Mm. I think he played. There was a five or six game series in
0: 2013. And I think he scored no joke 25 goals <laughs> in that series. I was I was, I was that.
1: at um, that damn series. The man haunts my dreams to this day.
0: Yeah, the, the friggin' sense fans chanting Pajot like uh, they like they do the old days at the Bell Center was just Pajot. one super disrespectful. <laughs> two, you earned that. That's yours. <laughs> sure. You get to keep that. Take it home with you. Yeah. Like that's. Um, what about what the Islanders allegedly tried to do but huh. couldn't pull off in time, which I know. is apparently Lula Umbrella wanted to be reunited with Zach Parise. Yeah. Uh, which again is another trade from two thousand nine that sounds so lit, but also. <laughs> has incredibly terrible salary cap ramifications if he retires early because he has one of those Shea Weber-esque mm-hmm. circumvention deals. It seemed like he made a great move in Pajot, and then he doubled down with, with what would have been a, a franchise-altering mistake.
1: Isn't that the whole um, thing, just, though? That's, that's, you get that's lucky. Just you just get lucky. Lou's done that forever. Exactly. That's what you say. Like, you make big moves. Some work out. Some don't happen. Like... uh Canadians never got Lucic, thank God, and here we are. That's that's how the league works.
0: <laughs> I go back even further. They didn't get Le Cavalier from the trade that would have cost them, what, I think Higgins was in that. Pr- was Price in there? I think Le yeah. was in there. Really? Like, really? There was a deal on the table that, that Ganey, Bob Ganey, the GM at the time, had put together to get Vincent Le Cavalier to Montreal. But, yeah. I mean, it would have been a franchise-altering deal. I don't know if it would have been better or worse, considering where we are now and yeah. where we have been for the last 20 years, but um, Man. Yeah, those are the fun ones. I I, I can't wait for thirty one thoughts later this week to see what deals we didn't hear about that almost did happen. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, keep um, keep that Le pretty, deal I, in mind when we talk about the Habs later, because I've I've got some thoughts there.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, new GM uh, Vincent Le <laughs> no, no,
1: no, more more just the why it happened or did not happen.
0: Um. And to speak more on trades that didn't happen, there was a lot of smoke between the Canadians and the the Colorado Avalanche that never yeah, materialized.
3: Never Mark Bergerman
0: was scouting. Uh, he went in person to the Pepsi Center in Denver to watch the the Avalanche play. He had kept a scout there. his assistant GM went with him. They came the, the, they the Avalanche came to were the then Cowboys. scouting right They scouted the Canadians when they were in Washington and then when they went to Ottawa. And
2: then nothing happened. Nothing.
0: So, part, I mean, this is just maybe a fun uh, question. What the fuck do these guys do all day?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I would My love to
0: vacation.
3: know. I just wanted the vacation. Yeah, Denver seems <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> Get some skiing in. Yeah. yeah. You know. Damn, oh, we're running into edibles.
0: Guess <laughs> <That's laughs> we, we better go shout them?
3: Uh, we're interested in yeah. someone yeah. in Colorado. Come on. I mean,. I, I,
0: you know, and there's there's some thought to the idea that maybe Tatar was was a target for, for Colorado. You so said was know. a
3: Tatarget? target.
0: <sighs> <sighs> <No>. first one. Lackingin <laughs> was apparently available, but yeah. ultimately nothing nothing materialized. So it's just it's strange to think about what they, what these guys do all day other than travel and pretend like they're working really hard.
1: Yeah, I would love to I know. Think- I really would. That would be really like just to get a sense. I know no one's ever going to give us. A look behind but it's it's kind of crazy to me how little we know about how what goes into this work like once in a while somebody'll do some good work in the athletic or something you'll see a piece i remember when the blue jays had this massive kind of 48 hours right before the baseball trade deadline a few years ago. And a whole piece was kind of brought out, breaking down what that looked like. And it's super compelling stuff, and it's super interesting. But we only ever see that when things happen. What about when nothing right. happens? Like, is the, Obviously, they're kicking tires. Obviously, they're talking to each other. But I would just really like to get a way better sense of how it works. Because for all that we talk about sports and watch sports and obsess over these things, it's incredible how little we know about how any of this really happens.
3: Yeah,
2: sure. Yeah, I I think for most like most jobs, it's usually harder than it looks. And there's usually like more work that goes into it for that one, though. I think it could be a case where it's like they actually don't do as much as we think they do. Yeah. I think the reason we don't know is because they're just worried, like getting embarrassed.
0: (laughs) Well, and you think about you think about like how long it takes for these guys to have a trade materialize like yeah. how long and i'll bring up Matt shane again how long was Matt shane to colorado in the works or right. to to the the Ottawa senators in the works and they're they're arguing back and forth for months at a time over the difference between you know hundreds of thousands of dollars off the salary cap being retained or what the conditions on a on a seventh round pick would be like these guys are they're trying to be thrifty but it's almost to the point where it's it gets in the way of them doing their job. Yeah. Like you gotta wonder what hung up a lot of trades today. Fear. Like what, what did hang up the, the Parise one other than him having an albatross of a contract? Yeah. Like is there something else there? allegedly Lou Lamorello might have just nixed the trade because he doesn't like when reports of his trades get out. And he just says, Nope, not doing it now. That's amazing. Because he's a little curmudgeon. That's it, he's just a curmudgeon. Like, I don't understand. Um, but yeah, that would be kinda
2: cool that peek behind the curtain and see, but we'll never get that because this is the National Hockey League. Do you remember a while ago, was it the Hurricanes that they posted a picture and all their like the management was on Cap Friendly? Do you remember what team it was? No, but they all use it. Yeah. It was like it was just really funny. People were like, oh wow, they're just like us. (laughs) They're
3: just like us.
0: Before Cap Friendly and Cap Geek obviously disappeared, but it was General Fanager. Mm. Tom, who ran General Fanager, was hired before the expansion draft because of his expansion draft tool. So the Vegas Golden Knight said, no one else can have that. We're hiring you. And the expansion tool disappeared. <laughs> uh, so not only do they use this stuff, they hire these guys to do it afterwards. Right. I, I think sense. of Brandon Pridham, who works for the Toronto Maple Leafs, who got in on this stupid salary retention trade today. They, Brandon Pridham, wrote the fucking CBA. And now he works for the Toronto Maple Leafs and he does all this little, I'm going to buy a fifth round pick for $2.5 million. (laughs) You know, as long as the league keeps allowing this sort of stuff to happen, it will. Um, And, you know, it makes all these trades very tinky tacky and it's, it's, it's exhausting is what it is.
1: It's interesting. I mean, this is the truth in every industry, in my experience, is every time you get into it, besides making films i'll say but everything else everybody is way more amateur than you expect and when you bring up the cap friendly thing that's exactly what i was thinking it it's it, that's shocking but it's also not shocking that these guys are using the the exact same thing to, to measure these deals as we are like you would expect these are multi-million dollar companies billion dollar companies in some cases uh you'd expect that they wouldn't be they'd have some other database, but no, apparently before these websites existed, they had no way of knowing any of this. They don't seem to know much more about how the cap works than any of the rest of us. And they just seem to be throwing. There's not much. I'm sure some organizations have a lot of sophistication. I think we're slowly or not so slowly. I think we're starting to see more sophistication come into sports, but up until the last five years, you know, what were we looking at? Guys who used to play the game, guys who've never done anything besides play a sport their entire lives, now suddenly running these organizations? They're probably not the most sophisticated machines, and some of these old school things probably still aren't. I, I I would love to know just what level of advancement Lou Lamorello has going on versus, you know, what Kyle Dubis is doing in Toronto or elsewhere, but... It's very likely that these guys are sitting around at a conference table with a, a few pages in front of them and going, well, what if we do this the same way we do on a podcast we we're just suggesting? It's, it's yeah. kind of hilarious.
3: I just get the vibe that it's like – um a bunch of boomers being like oh i found this great new thing it's called cat friendly yes. it's brand new yeah. and it's
0: <laughs> and kyle dubas is like brendan go sit down yeah like, I, i'll handle this it's all fine. the
3: kids are using it
0: wow i'll put it right on the fridge on their
3: radio shows <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> you had to <laughs> you had to fax in a trade until like what two years ago
0: <laughs> this is what we're working sure. with and even yeah. now, these trades get caught in the queue to the point where I'm at my phone like a fucking... I'm at my my desk like a fucking moron refreshing my Twitter feed to see what we got for Nick Cousins at 45 <laughs> minutes after the deadline. Yeah. Like, why does this keep... And, of course, there's that tweet that rolls in at 2.45 Eastern every year from some insider who thinks he knows more than you. And he goes, always remember, they'll come in after three. Why does this keep happening? It's 2020. Yeah. Figure it out. It should be instantaneous. Right.
1: They're using the Iowa caucus I app.
0: Wait.
1: I would just, I expect no. from the NHL a complete meltdown one year where they just were like, we didn't, we weren't able to process any of the trades.
3: Yeah. The app <laughs> Our internet went down. It's, yeah. It's just some <laughs> real <laughs> always
0: sunny shit. Where like, it's three o'clock and they didn't get any trades and Charlie looks behind and the whole thing's unplugged and the whole, the whole season's ruined.
1: The gang runs an NHL team. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, they don't run the Flyers, who I think they did probably what I expected them to do today. They added a few depth bodies, including our uncle Nate, who I'll miss. Uh, I liked Nate Thompson a lot when he was a Canadian. Um, But they didn't do much. A lot of the bubble teams didn't really do a lot. Carolina's right on the border, but they added a ton. Um, Yeah, I mean, it it seems like we – Carolina this year seems like the the comparable from last year's Columbus, except there's a lot less of a dire – feeling behind them they could mm-hmm. easily be back in this next year if not even better um but i'm surprised that they didn't try to add a goalie or maybe they did and they just fell short but yeah i mean unless they plan on having david ayers start for them for the rest of the year i mean i it's been working so far yeah he's one to know in the nhl incredible. he has as many nhl wins this year as keith kincaid so there's that wow, wow. no
1: wow rude <laughs> rude oh.
0: What's that been like in Toronto? I, I mean, it's it's taking the United States by storm. Like, I've got people at work coming up to me and talking about it in Connecticut.
3: Yeah.
0: But, like, it's got to be something different up by you.
1: I was playing uh, right before we came on a record. I was playing a floor hockey game tonight, and every single person in the game made the joke. Like, this could be my chance. Who knows? <laughs> Just sitting here waiting for us uh but no i think in general like toronto fans are pissed this is this they took the loss hard and rightfully so but this is this feels like a real low for them which is you know i saw some even tweeting like this is my lowest point is at least fast like well that can't be true but still it's a bad oh. one
3: do you not remember like three years ago any four years ago but like,
1: <laughs> i do see their point though yeah no They've had lower, but I see their point in like this hangs on them forever. This is now the oh, what do the, the Zamboni driver beat you again? Like it's just it's something else we get to yeah. use for a long, long time. It's great.
3: And there's something there's something about like when your team when your team sucks, it sucks, and like. You, yeah. you can't really get lower than like, oh, OK, it gets it gets tired when you say, oh, the Leafs keep sucking. Yeah. But when the Leafs are doing well and then they lose to a fucking Samphoni driver, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to feel worse than a loss on top of a loss.
1: Well, that's the one thing I take away from this season a little bit is, um, you know, for us as Habs fans, it's like, OK, we're not good. Fine. Whatever. Yeah. And you kind of play a middle ground. But I am taking extreme delight because the Leafs are supposed to be good and they're struggling, and you know that's when it hurts. That hurts more than what we're going through. As much as what Habs fans are going through is not fun, it doesn't hurt mm-hmm. in the same way that, these, that this pain that the Leafs are slowly experiencing. Um, if they make the playoffs, they'll be out in the first round again. I mean, that's beautiful stuff right there. So uh, the, this, this airs thing just adds to it. It's adding to a season where they're starting to really panic. They fired the coach. I'm loving it personally. I mean, from from my vantage point, it's as good as things could go. Because if the Leafs were just bad like Montreal is right now, that wouldn't be worth much. That's a shrug. But this, they're struggling when they should be good. And and I remember from our days not so long ago when we thought we had some aspirations towards things. That's when it kills.
3: Yeah, sure, definitely.
0: Well, I mean, Montreal could. I mean, if the, if every if the chips land where they where they might, Montreal could end Toronto's season on the last game of the year.
1: Oh, that would
0: be amazing. They play, they play game 82. Um, I imagine Florida's playing at the same time. They'll probably be watching the scoreboard. And it'll be nice to see Nick Suzuki score a hat-trick in a meaningless <laughs> game. Completely ruin our draft odds. But Toronto doesn't make it. That, take it.
3: That's Delicious. It's
0: beautiful. That'd be, so no, that'd be nice. That's that'd our Stanley good. Cup. That's our Stanley Cup. <laughs> this is, this is, the bar is in the mud right now. That's our Stanley Cup. <laughs> um, I don't know. What else you got? I
1: want <laughs> I want to hear from uh, I want to hear from Trevor. We've done a lot of Habs talk here. How how did he feel um, that uh, the Rangers did today? I mean, is it worth locking up Kreider for all this time?
2: Um, it's that's like the main concern is the seven years. It's a seven-year deal, six and a half million a year, which I'm happy with. I thought the six and a half million was lower than I expected. I expected at least in the sevens, easily. Yeah, seven years is a little scary. He's going to be like 35, and but people are already acting like he's like old and decrepit, like, I'm, I don't know, there's other players that play till their 30s or late 30s, like, sure, it'll hurt a little, like, obviously, his play is going to go down by then, but, I mean, six and a half million in seven years won't be that much, it's not too much right now, and it won't be too, too much in seven years, so I'm not, I'm pretty happy with it, he's a good player, good player, and, uh, (laughs) Oh, I'm it, I'm happy with the contract.
0: It seems nice in contrast to the Canadians. The Rangers seem to have a very distinct core to their team. Yes, they have they have yeah. who I've been watching more Rangers games recently than Canadians games because Shostakin is worth the price of admission every time yeah. he's on. He's an incredible goaltender, and he's what is he 21, 22?
2: Very yeah, 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 uh,
0: yeah. They've got him. They've got Mika Zibanejad, who thanks Ottawa, like he's just he's yeah, a destroyer of worlds on most nights. Caco is going to be something good. Panarin's just Panarin's in like, So exciting! Like I, the direction that Jeff Gordon has taken this team in, has them in a really, really good spot for success.
2: The the weak point right now for the team is defense, which I guess is like funny because we traded away Brady Shea for a first from Carolina.
0: Can I interest you in Carl
2: 3 <laughs> <laughs> I'll take three. Um, <laughs> But we have a lot of prospects, and I don't. It would be interesting to hear from them what their, what management's like ideal is. Like, if they, I don't know how much they care about making the playoffs this year. The team's close, Mm -hmm. um, but I think they're still looking long term. I don't think they care too much about making the playoffs this year, and maybe next year they'll start trying to fight for it. But uh, as a fan, it's easy to tell myself in the beginning of the year, I don't care about the season. But now that the team's so close, I really want them to make the playoffs, and like every win or every time a, a division rival wins and they get points, it's I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat now. Now that now that it's so close,
0: I mean, so- like we were watching the Columbus Nashville shootout on Saturday after the Rangers yeah. game, just like living and dying on every shot because for- if Columbus loses, it's better for the Rangers, which is I didn't think they were going to be I, I I thought they were going to be more competitive. I didn't think they were going to be in a playoff race, sure, but they're right there. I mean, Shostakovich did just get in a car accident, which is bad.
2: Yeah, yeah. And broke three. What he he broke a, a couple of, ribs. Uh, I guess like maybe just one like fracture, non dislocated yeah. rib or something they're saying. But um, yeah, we'll talk about that quick. Uh, him and Buchanvers were driving in Brooklyn. I guess it was like last night, eight, like eight o'clock. They said so, which is good. Anytime like a player gets in a car accident, you're always a little worried. There's like alcohol involved or something. Yeah, just uh you hear about it so. Um, but yeah, I guess the car in front of them tried to make a, like a U-turn, maybe an illegal U-turn. I don't know. And they just, I'm guessing like he him a bit and they went to the hospital, but th- it sounds like it's not too, not too bad. Like who day to day, probably just like bruised and sore. Uh, and we'll see how long Shesterkin's out. They said we like just some week, like week to week. So yeah. um, luckily it wasn't as bad as it was, but. Well, luckily, you guys carry three goalies. Yeah. So, so oh, correct. this guy named Henrik Lundqvist has to step in now. Oh no, who's he? He's terrible. <laughs> I mean, he's no David Ayers, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, and I'm really, old. I'm <laughs> right?
1: same age, um, I think.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy they kept Prider. He has a great chemistry with Bucinovich and Zibinijad. Um Jesper Fast's deal is up this summer, and there's rumors he was being traded, but I don't think the price was ever high enough for the. For the team to accept but he's one of my favorite players too on the team so i'm happy they kept him and we'll see we'll see if the team can still rally together like i said defense is hard i think smith is going back to defense which is a good <laughs> thing <laughs> um, brendan smith was playing defense and then they moved him to forward and he was doing better as a forward because i think he had less responsibility but he now scored got... against the Canes. yeah
0: he scored on a play he scored a <an ice laughs>
2: goal um yeah now he's going back to defense i think unless they make some changes we'll see what happens Maybe they'll call craps off or something. We'll, we'll see. It's pretty, but I'm, as a Rangers fan, I'm happy.
1: It's pretty crazy though. It, Rangers are four points out, and they don't. You're right. They don't really seem that concerned with making the playoffs. It, that's not. I respect it, but it, it's. I've never really seen that before. I, I I respect it. They're sticking to the plan, man.
3: It reminds me of how the Habs were last season. Yeah. Where we were like, we'll be happy if they make it, but we'll still be happy if they don't. Because hey, they're doing better than we thought. Yeah.
0: We yeah. thought they would. The like, <laughs> team attitude this year reminds me of the last team to do it, which was also the Rangers when they were in the middle of that playoff run—not playoff run, but a chase we for a playoff spot. And they're like, "Hey, we're selling. McDonough's gone. Rick Nash gone. Like they and they they're moved everybody, everybody." So yeah. I mean, I I really I admire the work that Jeff Gordon's done because he doesn't he doesn't care about the 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 current situation that the team is in. Mm-hmm. He's more so, I mean, and it's it's sort of funny hearing me say that, considering that's what Mark bergman has been saying for mm-hmm. three years now, <laughs> is I don't care about the Canadians today. I need to make them better tomorrow and, and into the future. But he's sure. done nothing. To, you know, Jeff Gordon does the walk and, and, and at the same time. Like, right. he's doing that. Yeah. I don't get the same impression from the difference version. Is that it's working yeah. for the Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another... and they're still fun in the process because okay. they went and got Artemi Panarin, who's one of the best players in the league this year. Like, if the Rangers make the playoffs, is he not a Hart Trophy
2: candidate? Some votes, definitely. Like,
0: he's he's had that sort of impact on a team
2: for sure. I don't. Yeah, I don't think the Rangers would be anywhere close without him. Obviously, he's like close. You know, like. I don't, I'm pretty sure he's like top 10 in points. Or he's doing same with Zabenedjad doing very well. It's it's impressive. They're doing a lot better than I thought they would. Playoff team next year? They should be if they're mm-hmm. this close this year. I mean, I think at this point now you're you're done rebuilding. Yeah, you're done. Like you gotta just let your young guys get older, and and that's another reason they talk about signing Kreider was just to have some more leadership in the room. I think it's you don't you definitely don't want to go all young. You mm-hmm. need people that are gonna set examples which I think is like a good thing Henrik is still around with all the young goalies. I know Shester look like really looks up to him. So I think you definitely like as bad as stall is like you, it's good to have guys that have been in the NHL for years and years and just, they know what it takes. Yeah. To, they know what it takes to get there and they know what it takes to stay there. And so it's good to have the leadership there. I'm pulling for him. Maybe Kreider being the next captain. I don't know. We haven't had a captain in a while. It's true. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe you give it to him. Yeah. But Brennan Smith. <laughs> no not again. Um. What else is there? Yeah.
0: I don't know. <laughs> can we yell about the kings now? Go for it.
3: you been waiting. Um.
0: <laughs> yeah. I. I. I don't know anymore. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you can. Mark Bergeron got in front of a camera today and said essentially. Uh, you need to build through the draft. Draft picks are important. And then in the same breath told us, I didn't trade Jeff Petrie and Thomas Tatar for draft picks because I want to make the playoffs next year. Um, I wrote about it on Rabbit Hubs a few months ago, so I've been ahead of this for a little bit. There we ah, go. You
3: just there we, go. That's where we oh, hey, uh, By
0: the way, both these podcasts are Rabbit Hubs podcast. so Check out the <laughs> website. Where, where? We have merch, buy a t-shirt. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Support local journalism, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that covers the team. None of you
3: are local to Montreal. You're in this league, okay. okay. Um, <laughs> he,
0: when you have, when you say you have a goal to make the playoffs, but you do nothing to achieve it, it's not a goal. You're just hoping to make the playoffs. Yeah. If your goal is to is to trade is to build through the draft, and yet you don't you don't acquire anything like that. Um, you, you, like He's never acquired a first-round pick. He, he has a handful of thirds now and, and a couple seconds and some fourths. But he's not he, – Mark Bergerman hasn't really done much in the era of trying to build for the future. He's got some good blue-chip prospects, I guess, mm-hmm. in hopefully Yisferi Kotkaniemi, although I'm becoming more and more concerned by the day. Uh, hopefully Cole Caulfield, but who the fuck knows? He's five foot eight, like, and he's playing college hockey. Who knows what he's going to be? Yeah. I keep being told Alex Romanoff, is magic beans. I, who knows if he's coming over to, to North America? Yeah. And who knows how his game translates to North American ice? Yeah. Control. All of that could pan out, and this team could still be exactly where it is. Yeah. Um, because if you look at the way that he's developed and drafted, it hasn't gone well for him. I mean, he. I think the Canadians have more players on the roster now acquired via draft than any art via trade than any other method of acquiring a player. Mm -hmm. Hmm. It's how he does his best work if we're being honest. So don't, don't tell me that you're going to build through the draft when you're going to trade him three years later for someone of around the same age. Why didn't you just draft him?
3: Yeah. It's just like this whole thing just kind of reiterated the point that there is just this striving for mediocrity where it's like it's, he he's trying to find a balance, but there isn't a way to balance it. There's no yeah. way to aim for the playoffs and build at the same time where, you know, it, it's just, and I, I kind of like made the joke like, oh, I can't wait for during the draft Mark Bergman to trade all of the draft picks he got today for some fourth line fucking nobody like another Nick Cousins. Like I can't okay. wait for that to happen again. For him to then go into next season and get before the trade, the trade deadline and just get third, fourth fifth again.
0: And especially, like, like, the draft is in Montreal this year for the first time in 11 years. It, you know that the top prospect is a French-Canadian superstar. Yeah. This kid is going to be unreal. You could have taken the year off and no one would have blamed you. Yeah. No one would have blamed you if you dealt and tried to tank. Because you knew what we were going for. Even right. if, you know, what's the lottery odds? If you're last place, you get 20% of a chance. It's better than what we have. Yeah. I, and and no one would have blamed you. Even if you miss, oh, shoot, we're picking fourth now? That's still kind of good.
3: No one would have blamed him except the people who are like, but the legacy.
0: There is no this legacy. This
3: team with this legacy, we don't quit. Yeah. This
0: goes... Th-
1: I do wonder. I'm not. I'm not trying to defend this by any stretch. I do wonder if the plan is because the draft is in Montreal for the first time in eleven years. And as I was saying earlier, that trade for Vincent on the Cavalier that never happened that would have cost them like Subam Plakanich and Price, I think, um, or Pachetti as well. I don't know some sort of everybody that we had who made something happen.
0: The past ten years. So that who, trade.
3: Oh, the whole part of that four uh, assistant. Captain. Exactly, That yeah. one picture of
0: them at the golf tournament, yeah. that's the piece of the <laughs> <train>. <laughs> I think
1: that's what they offered, or something along those lines. But that was done because Bob Ganey, well, that was, Bob Ganey wanted to make a splash at that point, and he thought that would be great. And I wonder if this is the same logic. I mean, the Habs have like 49 picks in the first five rounds or something. I wonder if this is how they plan on getting the big game breakers and becoming contenders, quote-unquote, even though we're on a podcast here, I'm making the air quotes, contenders at this point by going out and, and making moves at this draft. I, if is ever going to get aggressive, that would be the time. And if his window of doing it with Weber and Price isn't complete bullshit and, and a really bad idea, then you this, was, this is when you would have to do it, is you would have to make a splash with all these picks you have at, going into this draft that is in your building. I don't... There's no reason to think... I don't know who the hell you're targeting. I don't know what the thinking is there. But that, that would probably be the only way to do it is make some... Flip some things right now to turn yourself into something overnight. I don't think that can be done, by the way. But that's the only thing that makes sense to me as a plan. Otherwise... I just, I not you know, we're running this on both feeds, but for people who haven't listened to the Montreal Bias before, and I've been harping on this for so long, Is it, it makes no sense, this window, that you have Price and Weber on the old end and kids like Paling and Suzuki and Kotkaniemi, all that coming up on the other end. The, the divide is too much. And so the only way yeah. to bridge that gap is to get creative, I think, at this year's draft, where you have stockpiled every other draft pick, or what is likely going to happen, they'll actually barely make any, they'll draft all the players that, you know, they'll draft in all the spots that they've got somebody to draft. We'll, you'll have mm-hmm. a nice base, but you still have the weird mm-hmm. thing of, of Weber and Price hanging around. It just doesn't make any sense. And I, I can't ever, I, I keep going back to this, but I just can't get past it. I don't know what the plan is if you maintain those two and I don't know what you point to as, no, we had to do it for this reason. We haven't made the playoffs in three years. It, it, what's the difference between eighth and last it, besides missing out on La Frenière, there isn't any, it, it's, it just seems like poor planning. And I, I get it for, from Mark Bergevin's angle. He can go back to Jeff Molson every day and say, look what we're stockpiling point to another sport like the football and point to the Pats and what they've done over the years, just stockpile draft picks, stop, pile draft picks. That's how we're going to build. Bergevin has proven himself able to build, to win the small trade here and there, or most trades now that we're looking back. So maybe, maybe that's the move. Otherwise I, I don't know. And I, I I think, no, I don't think, I think what's going to happen is what I just laid out, which is normal. You know, they just pick the picks and and we find ourselves in a very similar spot next year at this time. But I do think you could leave the window open for some major attempt at a major trade, on draft day, whatever that is. The Le the Cavalier of now, whatever that is.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I wonder if whoever's picking first overall, if it's not the Canadians, would just accept the Canadians saying, here's all our picks.
1: That's what I want we'll to take- do. I give them everything. <laughs> like, everything. <laughs> all our picks.
0: Everything. Anyone off the I mean, roster I mean, they want, I mean, give them all. <laughs> yeah. And I've honestly considered that just from my dumb brain. Yeah, no, but. Is like great, how, much pressure, <laughs> how much pressure you would be putting on Lafreniere to, to produce to yeah. be in Montreal. Like, I almost wonder if it's better for him to just go to Detroit and call it a day. It would be. Like, I don't yeah. want to do that to this kid. I don't want Mark Bergevin to do that to this kid. Like, to say, here you go, you have to do this because I fucked up for the last eight years.
3: And I don't know <laughs> if this is me being stuck in uh, Michelle Tarian brain anxiety, but... I have, the haves have yet to like truly, truly convince me that they have a handle on how to uh, develop young talent in a way that's not just like, we're going to have them play for a couple of years and then we're just going to trade them.
0: It's it's a (laughs) real thought because, and a lot of people are saying, well, look at Suzuki. Well, the Canadians didn't develop Suzuki. Yeah. Suzuki was, he wasn't even in Vegas. They left him in the OHL. You can, you can say the Peterborough Peets and the, the, the Guelph Storm were the ones that, that built him into the player he is. Yeah. Um. You know, and I think that's where we're looking at a lot of the issues with on I mean, and I hope, I hope that it works out because otherwise that's two third overall picks that Brugman has just pissed away. Yeah. And one of them was his doing. Yeah. He didn't earn the Galchenki pick. He was just hired to pick during that draft. Yeah. But we've gone through so much shit for him to walk up on stage if and and we were, the three of us, the three in the Nosebleeds cast, we were watching the, the draft last year together in our old shitty apartment,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and how you guys remember, every pick, I was like, Cole Caulfield's still on the board. Cole Caulfield, and when they got there, I'm like, the Canadians aren't going to fucking pick Caulfield, I know it. And then they did, and they surprised me in the fact that they went with just pure talent. But again, it seems like, I feel like every other breath, it seems like we're talking about Cole Caulfield playing on the first line in Montreal next year, and I don't even think he should be in professional hockey, keep him in college for another year. Yeah. The Canadians need to figure out how to develop guys on their own before they start bringing up these these blue-chip prospects. It's the best yeah. thing for Alex Romanoff that he's still in Russia.
3: And we definitely shouldn't have Cole Caulfield play in a season where it's just going to be another season of mediocrity.
0: The, yeah. <laughs> you know? Because then, like... because then you've, got, you've got the 2000... Let's see if I get the years right. 2007 through 2011 Edmonton Oilers, who... They, 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 Taylor Hall, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Neil Yakupov, although that's not entirely his fault. Mm. you got, you had all these, these young kids come over and just get fed their lunch every single day they stepped onto the ice. Whether it was the media, which in Edmonton is pretty harsh, or the fact that they just sucked at hockey. And <laughs> it wasn't these kids'
2: fault. No. It
0: was the fact that they had nobody in net and they had nobody playing defense and they expected Neil Yakupov to be the savior of yeah, the franchise
2: to win every game because of him like there's there's a
0: there's a real discussion to be had here about the Canadians developing their prospects how much like Lekinen didn't uh, Lekinen never played in the AHL Lekkinen came over from Finland and played in the That's NHL right. and yeah. never went back yeah you know I, like people point to these young players as as development wins for the canadians but i don't see any of them yeah i see kale Fleury, who came over and was rushed in and is now right back in the ahl i see victor mete who has not panned out to be the player that we thought he was going to be and now he's hurt
3: <laughs> i see galchenyuk who has pretty much struggled throughout his whole career other than like his debut weeks it at a new team in like Arizona, yeah yeah,
0: yeah I, it just uh, it's until they figure that out because uh, again, like we were told again to at the beginning of this year, man, Laval is stacked. They got a great coach, and they're gonna miss the playoffs again. And now they've got they've got Kotkiniemi down there, and they've got Paley, and they had Jake Evans, who was really great. They had our NHL backup, who they essentially sent home because he can't stop the puck. Like there's there's real gaps, and I said this I said this earlier uh, off mic, but. Mark Bergevin does all the little trades well. I don't have any sort of qualms with that. But it's sort of like when your mom asks you to, to empty the dishwasher or do the dishes and you go clean your room. It's a nice thing that you did, but it's not what we need. <laughs> what now we, we have for. no dishes, Mark. Like, look. Mark Bergevin has yet to acquire a left-handed defenseman worth a shit. Mm. He, <laughs> he's finally figured out center, it seems like. But now he doesn't cool. have any scoring winners. Yeah there's some like it's and until he figures that he still doesn't have a backup goalie
2: it's just like it's always they're always staying in the middle kind of it's right like they're just you're training one for the other when yeah, you aim true. when you
0: aim high for making the playoffs and you aim low for we're also rebuilding you land in the middle yeah. which is you're just stuck you're picking 14th overall every year
2: they're a lot like the rangers if the rangers didn't rebuild right like, but like
0: You gotta know when to pull the shoot. Yeah. The time to pull the shoot was three years ago. The next best time is right now.
2: I was gonna. Yeah. Exactly. That's a great line. exactly what I was gonna say.
0: Like it might be too late to to salvage what's left of Carey Price and what's left of Shea Weber, but the only way you're gonna figure it out is if you try something different. Because Mm -hmm. I'm not going to. We're gonna sit here again next year with the same roster, and Bergevin's gonna say, if X happened, we would have made the playoffs. So we're gonna try again next year. I don't know how much more of that the
2: market can take. And for me, like, as a Rangers fan, like, people were saying, like, they wanted to keep Crider just because to make the playoffs. But I'm like, if if you're – I don't want to be a borderline playoff team. And same with the Canadians. Like, I don't – I wouldn't want to be like, oh, we missed because of an injury or we missed because of this or that. I want to be a good enough team. Like, keep rebuilding and keep building up until we're that team where, no, we're winning the division. Right. right, at least at least for me, like I don't want to be like almost there, like just shoot. It's the Brian Burke quote. Just make we it. don't want to
0: finish eighth and get our teeth kicked in in the first round.
2: Exactly, like if you're gonna make, I, it's either make the playoffs and make make the playoffs be or, in. two yeah. feet in, yeah. yeah. Like or not don't. this
0: just straddling yeah. the line. Yeah, get in or don't
2: you? Yeah, have exactly. or, It's like when I when I
0: wrote that for Roundhouse. I, I think in the article, I said six times, shit or get off the pot. Like, oh, it's 100%. time to do something. You have to pick a direction. I don't know what direction it is. I don't get paid to figure it out. You figure it out. Zach, are you even still there? <laughs> oh, I Damn straight.
1: <laughs>
0: so I was just Zach's like, already eating popcorn. Thank you.
1: <laughs> no, I was just like, So when the Habs, I was just reading this now, the Habs will only have four players who were drafted by them in the lineup on Tuesday night. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's crazy. Yep, they will be Price, Gallagher, Jake Evans. Uh, who will be the other Leckinen? one? Did we draft Leckanen? I guess so. Yeah,
0: Leckanen was a second round pick, I think.
1: All right. See, I don't even remember. Now it's yeah. like I just assume they came in some trade. Yeah, we did draft yeah. Well, I, mean,
0: I looked. I, looked uh, I saw a chart the other day. It was over the last 10 years, points by players drafted by each of the Canadian teams. And Montreal's in dead last. And Winnipeg hasn't been around 10 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're beating us. Like, this is it's bad.
2: Yeah. Mark
0: Version keeps saying, build through the draft. But until he does it and he shows us that it's working, I don't believe him. And I wish he would do something else. That's—that's that's Just do something. The, the, yeah, I'm tired. Like, the best thing we acquired over the last two, two days was a third-round pick for Kovalchuk. Yeah. What does that do? Like... Sure. we could have gotten more for is what kovalchuk was saying yeah kovalchuk said mark took a worse deal so that i could go where i wanted
1: look if Maybe. kovalchuk resigns because of that courtesy fine i guess yeah. do we even want Koval- like look kovalchuk was fun but i wouldn't be shocked if the fun expired like if if kovalchuk's whole renaissance ends up being what happened in montreal these past six weeks or so like it that could easily be the case. He's been slowing anyway. We'll see what happens with the Caps. I mean, he could he could really run it up and be fantastic. That wouldn't surprise me either. either. But, like, a third, if you could have got more, I don't know that you don't, ah, be a nice guy. I suppose on Kovalchuk's case, I don't really care that much. But if you could have got a second, there's a big difference between those two. There really is.
0: Yeah, I'm curious. Like,
1: or is that all bullshit? Though that could just be bullshit. Where
0: was where was this alleged courtesy with with one of the greatest defensemen in the franchise's history, and Andre Markov?
1: Yeah, but he's Russian. Which, That's yeah, the difference.
0: Where you kicked him out the door? You said, "Here's the deal: take yeah. it or leave it." Yeah, yeah, it's true. Where was that with Where was that with Rajulov? Like Rajulov was essentially the same case. It was a reclamation project for Bergevin, and he kicked him out the door too. Yeah, in the same summer, and then said, "Here, Carl, Osner, take all this money." He only really <laughs>
3: did it with Thomas Placanitz. and then yeah. well, that was kind of paid off as far as like he came we back. Had, well, he came back, and there was the <laughs> nostalgia factor of you know, oh God, we're getting him back.
0: He got to play a thousand games.
3: Kovalchuk, we don't have that really, sure. <laughs>
0: except that he was fun to have around.
3: Sure. It, we'd be like, He'd oh, was was it?
0: that was the. Cool <laughs> thing he ever did
3: if he came back we'd be like oh wasn't he great eight months ago yeah. like <laughs> like what's the
0: <laughs> yeah the good news with the mechanics was that he came back the bad news is he that came mechanics back. came back yeah like he was also terrible when he came back and i kind of wish he didn't so we could just let it
3: but it was okay that he was terrible sure because he was ours
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah right. i just i'm i don't know how much i buy of this nice guy mark bergman no facade no. that's been going on here um Although allegedly the other team that was interested was Boston and and Kovalchuk picked the Capitals over Boston, which is the most Montreal Canadiens thing I can think of. Yeah. Um, Other than Josh George just refusing to go to the Leafs, that was pretty cool too.
1: That guy's that guy. He's got a special spot forever for that move.
0: One hundred percent. Especially because when I tweeted that when when he when George's retired, I got yelled at by so many Leafs fans. I had to because my tweet got put in a a Twitter moment, (laughs) so all the Leafs fans saw
1: it. Oh Jesus. And.
0: I, I had to mute the tweet. It was just guys saying, "Oh, Tavares didn't have a." You know what I should do? I should go back and tweet at them that you got beat by a Zamboni driver because they all said Tavares didn't meet with Montreal, and I'll say you got beat by a Zamboni driver, and that's the end of that. I
1: I think you can leave those old Twitter beefs behind you. That's just my my advice.
0: Jack, <laughs> come on,
1: you do you, man.
3: It's not spark joy. Yeah, leave it.
1: <laughs> that's why I've been skipping Habs games this year.
3: It it's not really sparking that. That's sparking joy. a ton of joy.
2: <laughs> sparking something else.
1: That's what makes it tolerable.
2: Yeah. Join the Rangers bandwagon.
0: Well no. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, uh,
2: no.
0: Um so, I mean that's a good that's a good segue to, to maybe a way to wrap this up here. Cup favorites after the deadline. Oh jeez. Um <sighs> I've I've been on the idea that it's going to be Washington, Colorado in the final. Ugh, I don't like that. I don't <laughs> I don't think I've strayed too far away from that. Colorado didn't do a whole bunch of anything. Yeah. Um, Boston. Awesome. I really like yeah. Pittsburgh this year. Pittsburgh's they just seem like nothing's going to get in their way. Crosby's doing Crosby things again. Malkin looks incredible. All things you know. Yeah, house- Patrick Marlowe. I like Patrick Marlowe on that team. I think as a good yeah. third line option. He's he could he could fit in there. Connor Sheary's back. I like I like Pittsburgh. I'm gonna say Pittsburgh
2: wins the cup. Wow, Mar- yeah.
1: Marlowe has led so many good teams to early exits. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to hard to be impressed some by
0: some of it. those. Those don't count.
1: But they. I mean, he was part of it. That's all I'm saying. He consistently is part <laughs> of that. Uh, I still got. You know what? It's Tampa. They they're laying they're laying in the grass now. They went from last year where we were all wrong. They look like the most unstoppable team of all time, and they get swept in the first round. This year they really looked. It was like, oh, Tampa, were we wrong? Is this gonna fall apart? Now they just look good. They're just gonna be ready for whatever, and they'll end up hoisting the cup in June. It'll be like, oh yeah, that makes sense.
3: Yeah.
0: Tampa's that team for me that I'm not gonna believe it until they do it. They're they're what the Washington Capitals were a few years ago for me. Okay. Like, I get it. Like, you guys are great. Go fucking do it or get out of the way. Like, I don't know what to tell you.
1: Yeah. And it's only only because nobody repeats that we're not picking St. Louis, right? Because they look great.
0: Yeah, St. Louis still looks really good.
2: And I don't like picking repeats, which is why I picked the Penguins. I've won, like, six in the last 10 years. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Good one. Yeah. Perfect. Sure, what do you got? I'm going to go Edmonton because I just like Edmonton. That's I've been riding Edmonton for a bit. That's Edmonton silly. ends Canada's Cup drought. They're so silly, though. <laughs> it's like the stupid pick, but it's like, hey, maybe.
0: <laughs> Boston got there last year. They were one bad Brad Marchand line change away, and they're essentially a one-line team. Um, wouldn't surprise me. The goaltending's con- concerning, but... It's the Stanley Cup. Anything can happen. Now the difference yeah. is
1: Boston's Boston and Edmonton are the Edmonton Oilers. There's yeah. a team that until they do something, I'm not believing
0: anything. They were when they win. They won two rounds. Was it just a round a few years ago with McDavid?
1: Yeah, yeah. and everyone really think, bought in.
0: I just want Edmonton to get in because I want to see McDavid play playoff hockey. To be sick. like, it sucks that we live. In a world where the best player in the sport doesn't get to play playoffs because his team is inept, we're doing but that then, in two
1: sports. We're doing that in baseball and hockey, and it's wrong. It's just it's wrong. True. It's a crime. You can't have Mike Trout not playing in the playoffs, and you can't have Connor McDavid not playing in the playoffs. It's it's that, a mess.
0: Washington won the World Series this year, so actually, they, they, <laughs> the best player in baseball did did play in the playoffs. No, so. cheating's
1: rampant in baseball. No matter who won any title the last four years, it's just been wiped clean. We're oh. starting over. <laughs>
0: Got him, took it away from me.
1: <laughs> you beat the cheaters And I'm still trying to take it away
0: <laughs> Jose Altuve got hit In a, a spring training game today so.
1: I saw that, that's keep, fantastic
0: Keep an eye on that I used, to be,
1: I used to love Jose
0: We had an exchange where I said Man, I'm going to try really hard to hate Altuve And you said, you will fail, so here we are
1: But we pulled yeah. it off Because he's we a big old cheater
0: We did it, let's do lunch <laughs> It's just One of the cup
3: uh, I think it's gonna be Capitals Golden Knights. I think Golden Knights are really fucking rematch. Trying. Yeah, Golden Knights are fun. I don't think I don't. Well, I don't want Golden Knights because I don't want your Cousins to have a Stanley Cup. But flip
0: um, that, Max Patrick will also have a cup. Fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't. That's not flipping it. That's something else I don't want.
3: I was. <laughs> <laughs> I have a. I have a very soft spot in my heart for
0: it's a Connecticut state or we're not allowed boy. to make fun of Max ready, Yeah. So.
3: All
1: right. The Parks. Connecticut thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's right. that's he's nice. the only...
0: No, he's not the only one. Chris Higgins played at Yale, but Hatchard oh, is the only yeah. one The only one that I recognize as a as a Connecticut born Montreal Canadian. Yale's oh, the not most Monty, milk but, toast but, yeah, milk toast, though. Yeah. The
3: milkiest toast. He's doing well. Yeah.
0: Root for Max. Fine. I'm going to say, Caps
2: get it. Caps are getting it? Yeah. I'd love that. I'd love to see Kobe get
1: one. That'd be funny. Yeah. That'd be
3: really funny. Yeah. Cool.
2: Cool. I was just at cool. the stats, do you know who number one and number two are for NHL points? Is is it McDavid and Dreisaitl? It's Dreisaitl's one, Pasternak's two. Stupid There's a 10-point gap. Wow. <laughs> Dreisaitl's at 98 points in 62 games. Yikes. I couldn't believe there was that big of a gap. That's pretty scary. Conor McDavid's tied for third. Yeah, he's missed a lot of time due to injury, and he's
0: still only in third place. Wow. Yeah, he's at 56. Oh, my God. We need that guy in the playoffs. He must We need bleeding point per game. All right. I think we've taken up enough of everybody's time here, uh, so we should go ahead and wrap this.
1: All right. Fantastic crossover.
0: I uh, enjoyed it. I was this fun. is the first but will not be the last. This was a good time. I didn't yeah. agree
1: to that. No recollection of agreeing to that at all. Have to be on. Okay. Enjoy that. A
0: person yeah, by. let's do it. We can do it. Yeah. Wow. Split
2: screen, it'll be great. We'll get it in video too. It'll be awesome. I was going to say, if we could Jesus. Skype, we do face, like with the Skype on the face. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Skype on the face. I think it's Skype. Skype, Skype. Thanks for naming Hi. it. Karen. Thanks for naming the podcast this week. <laughs> oh. um, so
0: you can you can find this podcast, both of these podcasts, depending on how you listen, um, on rabbithops.com. Uh, I'm gonna have something written on wherever the fuck the Canadians are going over the next again? few days.
3: with the self-promotion. Hey,
1: he's a he's a content creator. This is how it works. All right, I respect <laughs> it. Yeah, I
3: guess. Yeah,
0: let's see, uh, so he's, something he's, will be up there in the coming days. I don't know. I'll see how sad I can get and figure <laughs> out how much I love third-round draft picks.
1: Okay, but um, I do want. To, let's finish on this here. Are you like you're mad? But was it that bad? versus your expectation? No, but
0: everything was laid out. Like we were talking about it earlier today. The second, the absolute second that Chris Kreider signs his extension in New York. Mark Burgevin needs to call Joe Sackick and keep him on the phone until you get a deal that you like.
3: Ian, yeah. I can hear you're getting mad again, so I would just like to reiterate <laughs> the
0: point that Zach made, that it wasn't that bad, right? No, it wasn't that bad. But it's the nothing culmination. Nothing Mark Bergevin does is, quote, that bad. Yeah. Right. And that's why it's, it's death by a thousand paper cuts.
1: Very fair. Very fair. I'll allow it.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so that and more will be in this article that I write, maybe. I don't know. We'll, well see I'm, how it goes. I'm excited for it, I gotta say. Thanks so much. Um, Zach, where can, where can people find you on, on Twitter and things?
1: Oh, I'm on at ZachDropsTweets. Um, I never tweet about the Habs there almost ever because I do all my Habs tweeting from at the Montreal Bias. So you can find me there sometimes. And uh, otherwise, that's actually, that's about it. Those are the only places I want people to find me on the internet.
3: <laughs> Fair enough.
2: Fair enough. You, you can follow me on Twitter at Gold's Personal. I tweet about the Rangers oh, and other random stuff. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at in hindsight I-N-H-I-N-Z-S-I-G-H-T.
1: One of my favorite follows.
3: Ah, oh, ah. Oh. Wow. That just, that. That just warmed my whole
0: heart. Good. You just, you just, and I think I'll miss you most of all, Scarecrow Trevor and I, by the way. <laughs> oh, I didn't even
1: consider you part of the thing, but sure, I guess so.
0: <laughs> well, if you did consider me part of the thing, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, Boisvert Ian. I almost forgot for a second. It's my, literally my last name and my first name. Uh, B-O-I-S-B-E-R-T Ian, uh, at Cast for the podcast, at Rabbit Habs for the blog, uh I think that's everything.